Hello and welcome to another Mad Axman one-off um, special podcast. This is one of our list looking at specials. Um, if list looking at is a thing or a noun, this time we're looking at the Seleucid army. It's one of the classic, um, classic, classical era armies. Very much a toolbox army. Has some great toys in it: cataphracts, side chariots, elephants, pikemen, the whole thing. One of the best of Alexander's successors. And this time, I'm joined by. Um, by Dave and Richard to go through a number of different lists and look at how you put together this Seleucid army. Apologies, we had a couple of technical issues with recording and it does end a bit quickly, but hopefully there's enough meat in there for you to learn a bit about how to use Seleucids. This means war. Okay, then, well, look, we've got a Mad Axman podcast, um, possibly even with some video in this one, who knows, and I'm joined here by Richard and Dave. Um, that sounded very professional, didn't it? I'm joined here, not in the studio, in the virtual studio. It's just if us on a, If only, yeah. It's all of us on a Wednesday afternoon, um, just chatting on Zoom and trying to record it about one of the... I think it's not only an ADLG, it's it's always been in almost any set of ancient war games rules, one of the most popular um, armies. Um, the Seleucids, one of the successors, the the, the preeminent probably amongst the successors, unless you're judging fame and success by by how often they featured in carry on films, in which case that would be the Ptolemaics. But but in most most ways of measuring it. I think Seleucids tend to um, to come out well. Um, they were, for anybody who, who doesn't know or, or can't read off um, Wikipedia, which um, probably doesn't matter it how much, they were kind of the successor who were based around Syria and and all points east, really, um, after the Macedonian Empire got got split up to the Diadochi. And um, that, that put them in kind of an interesting place to to fight well they were in the middle of all sorts of different opponents really weren't they 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 fought the ptolemaic egypt they fought rome but also they kind of went all the way through persia and which which put them up against the parthians who nibbled bits and pieces away from them and and even some of the other um empires around the edge of that 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 also then meant that they um actually the armenians another kind of important mithridates mithridates as well um I don't know, I'm starting to, as you may have guessed, I'm starting to run out of my ability to read stuff off Wikipedia in real time. So if either of you actually I know think anything what's, about this, chip in. <laughs> what I think is interesting about them is they, they start out very much as a classic Macedonian successor. Hmm. Their big USP is they've got access to India. So they've got the Indian elephants. And uh that it's largely sort of stays fairly classical then and, until you get the emergence of giving them uh, a new ring. And then on, and because the third has an expedition, as you're saying, uh, against the Parthians and the Bactrians, and as a result of which he's the first sort of Occidental kingdom, Mediterranean kingdom, to have cataphracts. Uh, oh, and yes, they learn, they learn cataphracts from the, the Parthians. Exactly. Uh, um, and then le- later on, uh, as you say, influenced by the Romans, they adopt Roman style infantry. So a bit like the Romans in that sense, if, if anybody threatened them or seemed to be beating them, they, they kind of stole that military technology and, and, and adapted it. it. 
but their big strategic vulnerability is that their manpower rests on a relatively small number of uh, sort of uh, settler soldiers supported by land grants. And as the empire begins to shrink, that puts more and more pressure on that manpower. So whereas a big advantage is it can always replace its armies, the Seleucid Empire couldn't, and so it steadily shrinks until in the later period represented by the list, you know, the empire is just a, a very small rump state in, in sort of Syria, butting up against um, the Jewish state. Uh, and, and you can really argue whether or not it should have the quality of troops that it does. Mm -hmm. But so you, you, in one list, you have this huge spread of um, history and, and a very significant evolution. And I think that's why it's always been so popular is you can create a list that reflects many different styles of play. Do you think, um, you know, obviously ADLG lists, well, all of the lists draw on history, um, but all of the lists for, for every kind of um, ancient rule set have, have always kind of had a Seleucid list, very few. And yes, there's early options and late options, but, but I don't know, do we think the army actually did change much more fundamentally over that period of time, or, or was it always still kind of a shrinking core of pikemen with with more and more stuff bolted on as, as it went on you know should this actually even be two lists is there a point at which these things are fundamentally different or or is that toolkit too many options because you're covering too broad a period of history um almost an artificial thing that makes this list better than than it probably should be I think that the span of time, personally, I think the span of time is fine. I don't, I don't think it's worth splitting it. But I, one thing that sometimes happens just for brevity, and so it'll be interesting to see whether version four changes this, where I think there is quite a lot of list rewriting. For example, you know, in the early period, large Seleucid army might be 50,000 men mm. and the companions and the Agema um, are, are only say 2,000 out of that 50,000 uh, um, and yet late period army the army might be 10,000 men and to allow you to have the same number of bases of elite uh, cavalry is probably fine as long as you recognize you're now re representing a scaled down 10,000 man army, not a scaled down 50,000 man army. And, and so there's a slight artificiality there, but you see that across yeah. all the lists because, you know, uh, an early medieval army might only be 5,000 men, whereas, you know, an early Chinese army might be 200,000. So as long as yeah. you accept that, it's fine. But, but it's kind of unusual for that to change within the course of, of one list, though, isn't it? I guess. This, yes. uh, maybe that's the unusual piece that it, throws it off some of the ratios. You could argue that some of the eliteness shouldn't be there post 167. You know, as oh, you okay. as you as to very much this shrunken entity after Rome really um you know, it establishes Pergamon as a separate state and, and gives the Asia Minor provinces of the empire to, uh, to the kingdom of Pergamon. 
and, and you've then got this relentless shrinking and then the, the Jewish rebellion and so on. You, uh, I think it's really hard to argue that you're, you're, you should have those elite troops in that late period other than maybe one unit. Okay. And, and Dave, this is, this has kind of been an army that's attract, that's, um, you know, it was one of your first ones, wasn't it really in, in some ways in um, Forres into Ancients. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's an, it's an Alexander Plus army, isn't it, in some ways? Yeah, I, I think one of the great attractions to Wargamers of this is once you've built a Macedonian army, whether it's Alexander or whichever, then you can essentially morph into any of the... I mean, you've got such a span of time. You're looking at about a 300-year period, which starts with the Wars of the Successors. So... You know, and also it means you can cover that span of time from almost a classical period to the Romans and yet be able to field an army in any competition or any games. And with a bit of tweaking, morphing, once you've got a sort of basic core of Macedonian troops, particularly like chariots, yeah. you know, things like Side that. Chariots, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think, so, you know core of Macedonian troops, the pike, the cavalry, you know, adding in the little toys of cataphracts, elephants, side chariots, um, makes it interesting. I think one list works fine for it. I think I with Richard about the Argyraspids, Argyraspids or whatever you want to call them. Uh, I think you would at the end of the period. But I think pike were always there. Mm. Yeah, the Ptolemaics always had pike, probably had more pike than the Seleucids. Um, the interesting, the Seleucid army is kind of a Persian army, more than the Greek Macedonian and the Ptolemaic Egyptian armies. So it's got a few more toys and differences. Yeah. I, I like the list. I think historically it works. It's got all the light foots in there, which I think is important. And, and as you say, it's almost like... Um... You know, Alexander the Great is the gateway drug, and yes. then um, then Seleucid is the thing that you morph into and um, and start mainlining kind of proper heavy metal that gets you into that whole Roman Empire and the Parthians and all the other people that it, it fought with. It it's it's the next step along um, um, ancient lead addiction, I guess, from from your gateway, Alexander. And I think it's worth saying that from the from the ancient sources like Arians. Pluto. quite a lot about this period mm. yeah a lot of the historical sources have survived yeah we know quite a lot about how alexander's army works we know about the pike the cavalry you know the light infantry how they worked um the hypaspis guard the um i've got what the elite light foot <laughs> yeah the agrianians and things like that the aliens yeah exactly yeah. and the cretans we actually do know a lot about how the Macedonians works. And I think one of the things I really like about ancient wargaming is when you've put an Alexandria or a Macedonian army on the table, you have to use it in the correct So then, Richard, um, this is, you know, we've done the history bit, so let's have a look at your first list. I think this is an early list in 240 BC, 
Um, you've got 23 units. You've got five, 10, um, a big one there, and and eight. Um, so so talk us through, run us through these commands um, and what how you put them together and what you see doing with them. Um, I guess starting at the top where you've got an ordinary included unreliable general and and what looks like a, a small but effective block of pipe people. Yeah, so the, uh, the thinking behind this list starts with the date. So I've gone for 240 rather than uh, earlier, even though I don't use the Galatians to make my uh, opponent think that I might be using Galatians. Ah, uh -huh, yes. Uh, yep. So it starts off with a, a small command, basically a frontage of three pikemen with some skirmishers, uh, an included general, to, uh, which to give it even more punch, unreliable because it is small. If it goes unreliable, my opponent will just stay away from it, hopefully. Uh, it would usually be deployed in the centre of my line. The two flanking commands then both have... Actually, just Sorry, just thinking, uh, that, that's an interesting one, because if you, there is that temptation if someone's got an unreliable command to to sit back from it, but... But I guess if you're sat back from something that is slap bang in the middle of the table, you're leaving quite a big area of the board with nothing going on, aren't you, really? Yes. Um, you, yes. You've almost got to tactic. trigger it, haven't you? Yeah, you've got the to trigger it. I use. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's kind of neat. I like that. Yep. Okay. So, so second um, command then, which is the monster. Um, yeah. So uh, second command is, is, would be on the rougher terrain flank of that initial command. So it has um, a lot of punch in it with two elephants and two armored medium spearmen supported by a Thracian and an archer with some light troops to screen it. And the idea of that is that the medium armored spearmen are tough enough to really face up to anything in the open when next to an elephant. Yeah. So this is a command that's quite happy to trundle through rough if it's there, but can equally go in the open if your opponent has contrived to not give you suitable terrain. I know it's a sort um, of small it's a small detail, but you know, you've gone two of the armoured Thoracitai spearmen and, and one Thracian. Whereas whenever I look at these sorts of lists, I always start with two Thracians, because Thracians are two-handed weapon and they get that extra positive. Is that you know, is that a a could be to the way detail or of you no you could certainly do that way time. you could certainly do it that way but that combination is possible in many other lists only in seleucid do you get elephants and thoracitai ah, so okay. to me it's one of the reasons why would you choose seleucid over any other hellenistic type army where you can have elephants and thracians it's because you can have the Thoracitae and the Thracians. And so that, that gives you, it gives you a six element wide movement group, which is efficient. Yep. And it gives you something that can fight almost anything. Um, you know, even against cataphracts, it, you can cause it some grief with, with the elephants. Yeah, um, against against pikemen, You've got the armor to help your medium spearmen hang hang on that bit longer. Against Romans, you're equally armored. So it just has it 
you know, it's a, it's a little miniature Swiss yeah. knife yeah. that can be aggressive against almost anything. Okay. Um, All right. And then it's got a little bit of light to deflect shooting and, and just give it a bit more breadth. Then on the other side, you've got uh, another small pike group, which again, the advantage of having the pikes in two commands is it's harder for your opponent to avoid them. You know, if you've got one big group of six pikemen, they're very tough, but they're so tough, most opponents will just reverse away from you. Mm. Two groups of three aren't so immediately threatening, but also allow you to pin down more of the enemy's frontage. Yeah, and um, here you're, you're using them with heavy cavalry as well, aren't you? Um, you know, exactly. What, what the heavy cavalry can't beat, the pikemen can, and, and vice versa. Exactly. Um, and you've got the option then, depending on how the terrain falls, to either put the cavalry between the two pike groups or to have them out on a wing yeah and okay. the the light the light horse javelin can either extend that cavalry line or you know can be just used to slow down or yeah or, or generally act as a mobile reserve okay dave have you um have you got any thoughts on this um i guess there's there's a, you know there's only so many ways to to build a seleucid list but this is kind of i think all the components are there but it's an interesting way of putting it together what's your thoughts on looking at this and, and how it might work um I, I think the interesting thing is I, I agree with richard the having those medium spearmen with armor is really good because it gives you a certain bulletproof factor mm. against archers and, and heavy cavalry bow things like that and it, and it gives you a bit more oomph in the combat as well um no i think it's it's a very well balanced list um richard has a propensity for having a unreliable general which is a good way of saving points um it could always go wrong once in a competition i think <laughs> but it's, yeah. uh no i think it's all good i mean it, it, it i think as we've said before it's this is a seleucid army it's about weight and um strength and power so mm. i i actually like the center commands the brilliant general with you know a large medium force I think that's quite a good thing. You know, you keep it close to your cavalry and the two things work in concert. Yeah, because I think you've, um, used, you've used sort of Death Stars with heavy infantry commands, I think, in some of the games we've played. Um, but this has got all the medium foot and all the, the elephants in one. You know, this is kind of going back to the that when you start out building a list, you have a command that does one sort of thing, um, which is, is slightly unusual. Uh, given there's more of a kind of toolkit i guess that third command is is doing two things with pikemen and heavy cavalry um but it, but i guess elephants are is it just the elephants and thracians and heavy spear are good enough to take on heavy foot or cavalry anyway that they are multi-purpose yeah i think i think the only comment i have is i mean i've tried having like in the third commands where you have the pike with the cavalry sometimes the pike can get a little bit left behind but i think richard's having a brilliant general there's going to get it enough pips to move the i think there's a good way to play where you threaten an opponent's heavy cavalry you know you mm. if, you're, if you're facing heavy cavalry your pike come up at the same time as your heavy cavalry and therefore his cavalry can't stand against it but i think yeah. this is very flexible because those pike can then join with the center command or the first command uh, 
the only comment I have is it's a bit, it's a bit light on heavy cavalry, but I think that's the way you play it. I mean, and then having that brilliant general to keep the bike moving yeah. with the cavalry is really important. Make a big difference. Okay. Well, look, let's um, let's move on and look at your first list then, Dave. Um, which I think you, um, I'm trying to remember whether you're whether you are Mr. Cav- Mr. Side Chariot in some way, shape, or form. But um, let's look this at is the two forty four list. I think. The two forty four yeah. list. Yeah. Let's throw this one up on up on screen. So um, so. Again, you've got um, 22, a smidge smaller. Um, yeah. You, you haven't gone, you've still got an included general um, somewhere in there. You've got an included competent with the cavalry with rather the cavalry, than with the foot. Yeah. Um, and it looks like you've not got as many pikemen, but you've got more cavalry. You've got your magic bowmen. But so your, your commands are seven, eight, and seven. So, so run us through, starting with the brilliant general in that first command down. What's, talk us through what's in that and how that works. Well, I think I think you know, we've. This is an army with lots and lots of toys, and I and I like having those scythe chariots in there. They're kind of fun. I think they can be a threat and make sure that other people. I think a lot of people won't have faced scythe chariots very often, so they don't know how yeah. to fight against them. They think, "What the hell are they going to do?" They even have to sit there and look up the rules and work out what the factors <laughs> are, and don't realise that things um, you've got no overlaps and things like that. So I think that's in there to keep people on their toes. Um, and that's why I've given that the brilliant general, because I think one thing you can start your, inf- yeah, there's an infantry line there that starts forward. I would keep the side chariots slightly back and make a gap for them to come through when you're ready. Because they okay. move four, they come from a long distance away and can get stuck in suddenly. Um, but that first group's main impact is you've got three pike, one elite, and then you've got the two Galatian heavy sport, heavy swordsmen impetuous with them being elite as well. So that's a five wide, very strong infantry group. And whenever I've fought, I know Richard said he dropped the Galatians out of his list because it's a bit of a dummy. I think whenever I fought this saluted army, my pike have always gone down screaming to the Galatian infantry on that first impact and the furious charge, which gives you an extra loss. And I think once you've lost, you know, once a pike unit's gone down two levels and then you've got the eliteness of the, the Galatians, they tend to, I mean, they just tend to go through the line every single time. So I think they're a real, they're a real big asset of this army. So that's quite are you Are you looking point. at this more as um, maybe more as an army to fight other Hellenistic sort of pikey Roman armies, whereas Richard, maybe yours was more, a bit more of a, you know, a wider period army. Because um, that, that issue about do you put the Galatians in or not um, is always kind of a key one. Yeah, for me, mine was definitely a sort of open period type army. Uh, you know, the Galatians can be, can be very useful if you think you're going to be facing um, spearmen or, um, or, or foot generally. Yeah. You know, in in a more open competition where you might be facing lots of knights or um, mounted shooters, I I think they're less useful. Okay, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think maybe we've both maybe of us thinking quite on... Heavy on the light foots to cover our heavy infantry and the elephants. I think one thing's noticeable. I think with our elephant commands, we've both ended up putting three light foot in to cover our elephants so you've got one spare you know if you're chasing shooty cavalry across the table and you lose a light foot 
you've got a spare one to compensate and <laughs> cover the elephants with that. And that, that's a trick we learned from Inyaki. And including yeah, actually, that, that is an issue. Reason. I think I think that's a trick I've not learned from them yet, but thinking about it now, it's <laughs> pretty useful. Yes, I can see that. So your your second command there is is again, okay, so it's slightly a purely, textbook. Yeah. yeah, it's a purely cavalry command, and it, I, I like if you're going to fight with a Macedonian army, and you're going to use the cavalry command. I like to go very strong with it and have as many of the heavy cavalry as you can. I also mm. like to up on the light horse if I can I prefer to have three in there but I couldn't afford it but you know recently I've I, as we say is my trick is having the bowman on the flank so your heavy cavalry go forward and you swing the bowman out onto a flank and hopefully they can get past you know if you get an opportunity to come up and pin an opponent's you know opposing heavy cavalry with your heavy cavalry and then your bowman can march past to get to the flanks that's always going to force the enemy to run from that command so i think hopefully you get a hard flank to fight on with the phalanx and that strength there and use the scythe chariots to slow down any enemy that comes towards you but i'd be combining cause two and three the heavy cavalry and the elephants to come together so you know if you're facing cavalry your elephants are going to attack his cavalry um, you're fairly bulletproof. And I think the other thing there is you've got four shooting troops in command two. So if you can, if you want to come forward and just shoot at an enemy, you've got bowmen and two Scythians combining together to give you quite a bit of shooting as well. Hmm. So your, um, your third command with, um, you've got two of the Theropori as well. You've got two elephants and, and you just say three light infantry. So do you see, you know, that as a death star and then, one of the elephants maneuvering on its own, or is it two sort of theropri and elephant? Or it's just one Death Star. It's the two elephants in the centre of the Theriophi on either side, okay. covered All by right. the light foot in front. And that—that's the only job that has is to go forward at pace, driving cavalry in front of it, hopefully. Um, but it's—it's it's, that's going to put the pressure on the enemy so that you can then use the cavalry commands in two to manoeuvre. <clears throat> so, you know, if you're facing an enemy who runs from the elephants, you keep the pressure up with the cavalry. So I'm going to use the cavalry and the elephants in, in combination. So do you, um, you know, looking at, do you think you've got enough command? Because that's only got an ordinary one. Normally with generals and elephants, you're looking for, a, or you expect to see a competent to give you that chance of, of the extra pips for the short move. Um, or you just like sod it i'll just throw it at something and if it stops i, I it think stops. there's an there's an issue with this army that you, you know size because it's got all the toys and everything's quite expensive you, you're not going to get an army up to 25 bases um 20 you know richard's got 23 i've got 22 it's where you put your command points mm. yeah there's an argument to put the ordinary general with the cavalry but then you might leave your bowmen behind um yeah. You, or, you, you know, want the brilliant maybe... general to control the Galatians, but it's you pay your points. Yeah. Whatever you do will be wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe I'd. Um, maybe there's an argument to drop one of the side chariots so you still got the threat. Um, well, then what? Yeah. And, and then make the last one a competent general. But then the threat of two side chariots is is a lot more than the double the threat of one of them. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, I think one side of chariots is. Um, is a delaying measure which causes confusion, but two is a lot more. I think two's got a lot more threats to it. 
Yeah, and I, I think maybe there's an argument that the side chariots might have to go in with the cavalry because you want to exploit what they do, so to speak. And will you exploit that with the infantry? Maybe, but I think from the way you were describing using them as almost a, a second wave threat, um, you know, they, they still make the enemy react. So, so they kind of still do what side chariots did historically, but in a different way. Um, they do it by being held back and being a threat, but rather than necessarily piling in. But, but your pikeman and your Galatian command is going to get engaged and suddenly no longer Definitely. need those pips. So perhaps your brilliant general gets pips to move them up almost naturally when the rest is committed. Yes. Whereas True. I mean, that, yeah, that's, you know, I think that's you could go three combatant commanders probably as well. Yeah. You know, and just say the side chariots could do different ways. Um, Rich, the, I mean, Richard, at the end of the day, the elephant, you know, the, the yeah. troop which wants to maneuver is the cavalry. The, the elephants are just, the only danger is you, you deploy your elephants in the wrong place and you're never going to get to re redeploy yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And Richard, what's your thoughts on this? Um, this particular I think, one? There's a lot of things to like about it. I mean, the the overall troop mix is is very nice, as you say. You know, presumably you'd have command one in the centre, um, and a bit like you're saying, Tim. I think I would be inclined then to have the scythe chariots in the gap between that and the cavalry command, because they can yeah. either soften up for the pike or for the cavalry. Um, if the cavalry were facing knights, for example, the scythe chariots are going to keep the knights occupied while, while you, you, your cavalry sort themselves out. Um, the two things I would be thinking about a lot as I played was uh, command two, including the general with the cavalry, means if they get committed to combat, the bowman may be unable to move and therefore an opponent who's got even three weak sort of medium swordsman or whatever could quite easily beat up on the bowman. So that would be something you, one would have to just be cautious about how far you brought them forward if combat was likely and your opponent had a riposte. And I think with command three holding the other wing, you would want to be fairly close to either, um, you know, a coast or the table edge, just because that command doesn't have a lot of ability to protect its own flank. It's pretty horrendous uh, for the opponent seeing coming it straight at them. But the first thing you're going to want, because it's only four wide, the first thing the opponent's going to be trying to do is to get around the side of it. So I think as long as you play with those two things in mind, I think this would be a strong list. Excellent. I think I tend to put down the pike on one flank, then the elephants, then the cavalry. But it, it, you'd have to sort of match it against the terrain. I, I see the pike is fixing and being a challenge to the enemy. And then it's the elephants and the cavalry which are going to do the fighting and charging. All right. well. In interesting stuff with those um, early lists then. This means war. This means war. Okay, so so really we've got two early options here that are are kind of broadly broadly similar in their theory, their strategy. 
Um, Dave, you've just you've liked the heavy cavalry a lot and, and gone big on that. Um, whereas Richard, you've just gone you know, double down on on pikes and elephants and and just straight up grunt. But even though they're they're kind of slightly different, they're still very much about race across the table and and punch a hole in something. Being the answer. So, all right. Well, maybe let's have a look at um, one of the other ones. Um, I think let's have a look at one of your later list then richard here um which we've, we've just sort of popped up on screen so this is a 199 bc list well if well, you go ahead talk us through the the mix on this one and, and how you see you know, talk us through the commands tell us what's in each one and, and let's see how this might work i mean it's again it's a similar theory and to me that's the theory of the seleucids is it, it's all about the punch uh, because you've in in pikes, cataphracts, and elephants, you've got three of the best forward punch troop types there there are, particularly in in period. Um, inevitably, if you go with those and you go with quality, you won't have width. So it is all about going forward and hitting someone. And what I like to do is have enough punch in each of the three that you hope at least one of them has a good matchup. And therefore you can advance aggressively with all three and, and hope that in, in one of them you will win big fairly quickly. And so you're piling that mental pressure on your opponent of how do I deal with this aggressive enemy? Hmm. And it's the reason I mix the cataphracts and the pikes yeah. is, is so that hopefully it, it makes them harder to move but i hope that therefore at least somebody will be facing a juicy target you know so if i'm facing somebody with galatians then i've got cataphracts or elephants to deal with them somewhere in each command group so that's yeah. that's the really the theory um you know what what you've lost is you've lost one of the elephants but you've got a few more uh, medium foot um to cope with it uh, but otherwise, it's it's a fairly it's fairly similar, except that the smaller command now has cataphracts, not just pikemen. Yeah, and you've had to bump up the um, the generals to to well, actually you know three competent. You had some brilliant ones before, didn't you? In that, and, yes. And, and again, and this is, and this is working know, with two two commands with with two cataphracts and two pikemen in each. Um, that one of those has gone completely elite, my lord. Um, two elite cataphracts and two elite pikemen, a heavy cavalry and a light horse javelin. So those, those are the outriders. But that's going to hurt. And then two normal cataphracts, two pikemen, a bowman and a light bow, a couple of light bow to, to skirmish in front. And then your elephant command, as you say. That's. Were you not tempted to... Um, yeah, I guess you've got one heavy cavalry, the Galatian horseman in there with a light cavalry javelin. Um, but then your elephant commander's got two Scythians, two light horse bow. Um, it's, you know, Cause in some ways, I think in your first one, you just had one light horse bow to act as a, a sort of delaying outrider with your death star command. Um, yes. If you, you know, this is, this is tweaking stuff really, but I always wonder with one heavy cavalry and a couple of light horse, is almost starting to be a, a competent force but yeah it, it you know as always you know it, depending on the situation it's definitely one of those armies where once one had played it a few times yeah. you might want to tweak it a bit but it, it 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 does depend 
on, you know, I'm assuming that that elephant command will quite possibly end up in a piece of rough terrain that's actually on a flank, yeah. in which case your two light horse bow are almost to exploit the breakthrough right. and whip, okay. whip round and try and take the camp. Yeah. Uh, is is kind of the idea of of those. So you could uh, you could say you only needed one, and you could put another light horse javelin in the in the C and C's command. Yeah, um, that. but that's that's just tweaking stuff, isn't it? Really, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But, but, still but a, the, the, the fundamental idea here, yeah. is 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 three strike groups, all of which can deal with foot or horse. Yeah. And and therefore you would advance fairly aggressively with all three, but then you've got enough of a toolkit that you can attack selectively um, in order to find the enemy's weak spot. Yeah, and again, on, on my kind of how many combat troops have you got, you've got five in that CNC's command with the Galatian Cavalry, you've got four and a bit in the, the other command, so I'll, you know, up to nine, ten-ish, and then elephant and three decent medium foot, um, you're still at that sort of 14, 15 mark. Um, Dave, I don't know, what. what's your thoughts on this one? In fact, oh, sure, this one goes up to the elite elephants as well, which is yeah. that is that another tweak in the that, time That's period. the interesting thing, is, is bringing in the elite elephants and who can deny yourself elite elephants? Um, <laughs> I think Richard's um, saved some points with having unreliable generals which I tend to, I've tend to learn from Richard as well. It, it's a good idea. It works. If it works, it works well. Um, I think that's it. I like the heavy strike command with all the elite cavalry. I like the Galatian heavy cavalry to maneuver and things. I, I, and I agree with Richard. I think it's, it, it's important to treat the cataphracts as kind of mo, uh, mobile heavy infantry in actual fact, you know, they, they can be, they can work with, I think cataphracts were brought into ancient warfare to match heavy infantry in so many ways, and they kind of like mounted heavy infantry. So I think using the cataphracts to widen your infantry line and keep them close to the infantry is the way to go with that. Um, yeah, I guess you means you've got to manage the matchup really when you get close to the enemy, possibly, but I suppose cataphracts and pikemen are still a bit of much of a muchness. It's unlikely that you'll get that too wrong unless there's an enemy there, I guess. But yeah, what you really hope to do is face Romans. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and anything, all of it will work really. All of it will work yeah. equally well. And, you know, a cataphract who sits in front of a pikeman making the pikeman charge him mm. will more, you know, strength again, it seems counterintuitive, but, more often than not, the cataphract will survive being elite and heavily armoured. And Certainly the elite one, for sure, melee. yeah. yeah. And it will start to win in the melee phase. Yeah. Okay. So, again, another, another straightforward sort of punchy army. Um, all right. Well, Dave, shall we flip to your, your other one with the, um, I think, is it the Maccabean um, ally, yeah. the Maccabean Jewish ally? So you're actually up to 23 here. But you know, talk, us through, talk us through these commands then. Um, you've got a 10, a 6, and a 7. So Big I thought, numbers. as we said earlier, you know, the, the saluted army is a heavy metal wallop forward with all the toys. You know, you've got pike, cataphracts, elephants, all these expensive toys that the saluted were, were well known for, the side chariots, etc., etc. Um, 
this army was an army which I came up against in the world a few years ago with one of the Italian players. In fact, last year's world champion, Massimiliano. Uh, Massimo, Massimiliano, yeah. Martellacci or Martellacci, probably. Yep. And um, so I, I sort of sat down and thought, we're doing, a, you know, let's, let's bring a list which is slightly off the cuff. And in actual fact, this doesn't do Massimiliano's list quite justice. His army, I think, was 29. Yes. Yeah, I think I played that as well. Yeah. Did yeah, we play that? Think, was it in Spain or something that we played it? Yeah, I think, yeah, it was in, it was in Zaragoza, wasn't it? Yeah. It was in Zaragoza, yeah. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I don't know, Zaragoza uses Samurai, but no. Anyway, yeah. but I, I fought him in one of the world's competitions. Um, I, I found his 29 army list was a bit weak. And he kept launching one, you know, he launched the scythe chariots, then an elephant came up and I could cope with it. And we ended up with a draw. Plus his Maccabean ally was unreliable and just sat on top of a hill. So it was a bit of a non-happening because I couldn't kill enough of him. To yeah. yeah. But I think there's some interesting things here. You've got one very, very powerful um, terrain command in the Maccabean Jewish ally. You know, okay, he's allies. But you've got four impact swordsmen. And that, that's better than anything you're going to find in the rough before you get to, to late Romans, really, isn't it? I think another Seleucid with elephants and Thracians. Yes, another Seleucid yeah. with elephants yeah. and Thracians, yeah. yeah. And I guess you find you're fighting a lot of light javelin, maybe. But, uh... Yeah, so, I mean, I think, it, you know, but I think that, that, that's one flank completely carved, held down. And then you've got two elite elephants. You've got a, good, a very powerful Death Star in two elite elephants, two Thracians on the side. And you've got um, two Cretans elite in front of the elephants who are not going to get shot away mm. and pushed away. So that's the, that's the strike force in that army with the yeah. brilliant general. So you're going to strike with the pike and the elephants. I th again, I think it's a very powerful army. Mm. Um, and yeah, this, in, in, on my kind of yeah. So you've got a you've got a phalanx yeah you've got a phalanx command with the phalangites and with two pike and one argiaspid. You've got yeah. it's also got a death star, so it's got the heavy infantry and the death star. That's all the the punch in one go. You've got two thracians, two elite elephants, so you're at seven seven wide of dangerous to anything there. You've then got your two scythe chariots in a command with two cataphracts, two scythians, and your your textbook two bowmen. Um, so I suppose the side chariots there are being manoeuvred by that general when he's not, when he's not yeah. busy, they, they very clearly are a reserve. Um, and then that Maccabean ally, in fact, maybe actually just flip over. I, I think I did play that. Here we go. Pamplona. This was Massimiliano's list. Um, ah. so, um, yeah, there it was. So he had two light horse bow, sling bow, javelin man. Um, his, his Maccabeans were even more powerful. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Four medium foot and the two light horse bow. That was just a big one. And then there seemed to be a lot of light foot in it. Yeah, we go. Four light foot bow, two light horse bow there. Um, so, yeah, he had an elephant superior and the side chariot. So that central commander with a superior elephant, two light foot javelin, two horde, two side chariots, one bow. That was kind of three expendable things that he could throw at anything and, yes. and kind of put you on the back foot and, you know, one side chariot, you just suck it up and deal with it. Um, two side chariots, you're starting to worry you're going to get unlucky against it. Two yes. side chariots and an elephant, um, if, as against me, they do quite well, 
um, you can be in all sorts of trouble quite a lot because there's a lot of punch there. And then um, three pike, two cataphracts, that one. So you've got five uh, five chunky things there and, and the Maccabeans can sit in terrain and be unbeatable. But I think this was an army where it was really, I was fighting the three pike, the two cataphracts, um, the two chariots and the elephant. And, um, and the rest of it could either do something you know, I couldn't dislodge the Maccabeans. If they went forward, they went forward. That was good. But the rest of it was just sort of unbeatable. It, it was a bit like one of those some killer, loads of filler um, DBM-esque armies. But it does depend on those side chariots doing well. Otherwise, there ain't, um, there ain't too much there, um, particularly left. Uh, I think his, his version, yeah, that is the, that's kind of the version. I, in fact, it is more or less the version. Yeah, that's it, the version you were trying very, to put very together there, yeah. Army. It's a very odd army. It's completely not what you expect. With no, not at all. Not at all. There's no big block in the middle to kind of focus on or get out of the way of, really, which was kind of okay. interesting. Again, I just, when I faced Massimiliano, I just sat there and went, scratched my head and went, right, how the hell do I deal with this? Yeah. Where yeah. is it? What's its advantages? What's he trying to do? Yeah. And it just be, but it did become a bit of a stalemate, particularly as his Maccabean ally was unreliable. Yeah, and I think I think it is a thing of what, what do you kill in it, but whereas yeah. yours is a bit more straightforward punch and, and go and get them. But I think the Maccabean ally, you know, you, you can sit there yeah. and go right in a hole some terrain, but it, it's actually very manoeuvrable. Yeah, and no, you yeah. know, it can, it can wander around and do some really strange things with those. The foot. I mean, when people go for me, good medium foot commands, terrain people when people have a terrain command. They may go, oh, two medium foot's good. Three yeah. will probably be, but if you've got four <laughs> mm. with a bowman on the outside, you're actually quite a bit larger than the enemy. Yeah, you're I quite a bit larger you, than most Richard. people. I agree with you, Richard. You're going to have trouble with when the elephants come at you. But mm. then I've got so the interesting. Elephants. Sorry, the, the interesting option, Dave, might be if you had two bowmen in the Maccabeans, if you're allowed two bowmen, yeah. then A, you know, that helps shoot off enemy light foot, but it also means if the enemy's sat there with a few cavalry, you yeah. can advance against them because the cavalry won't want to be shot at by the bowmen before they can get in to the, the medium swordsman. 100%. Um, you could, you could count, you could drop one of the... Um, just swap them from the cent one of them from the yeah. centre to the... Exactly. Yeah. Lose a Cretan, lose a Scythian horseman, and put in another bowman. Yeah. I think that's a I mean, Massimiliano's cool. done it all with lights instead. Yeah, he did it all with lights, yeah. A lot of lights. Okay. But again, right. I think there's, you know, although the Maccabean looks a bit weaker, that has all got punch. If the Maccabeans combine with Corn One and the elephants, then you've yeah, got. Yeah, well, if the Maccabeans find the right opponent, um, as yeah, you yeah. say, four medium sword impact plus extra width, that's really going to make a, make a very big difference. You know, when I'm thinking very, very big teaming up the Maccabean four medium foot impact with two elite elephants and two Thracian two-handed weapon, yeah. and suddenly you've got eight widths of very, very good terrain troops. Yep. No, I can see that, certainly. This means war. Right, well, look, let's um, let's have a look at Richard at your your third list, which is your one nine nine BC list. I think um, so. This 
This one you've got, um, so we've got a brilliant general with two it's, Scythians there. It's very similar. Yeah. I, I've just fiddled a bit with the command to make the two outside commanders brilliant yeah. and, and include the general in the centre. So now the pike are all concentrated and the cataphracts are all concentrated. Okay. That allows me to include the general and make the centre one ordinary. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a little less there. it's a little less um, varied as you go across, but what that allows you to do is perhaps pin with the pike and, and fix the enemy's attention. And having mm. two brilliant commanders on the flanks, it allows you to manoeuvre more with them as individual pieces. So that's yes. yeah. that's the main difference. Yeah, so it, it kind of is your previous one, as you would say, though. all the pikes in one command and all the cataphracts in the other. Otherwise, it's pretty um, pretty similar. And the generals. That. Yeah. And the generals, and the generals as well. Yeah, indeed. Okay. All right. Yeah, to, to give that a bit more command and control. All right. So, yeah, not, not too much difference. In a way, it's sort of a halfway house to days with all the cataphracts and a heavy cavalry together. That gives you some sort of manoeuvrability there, doesn't it? intriguing all right well i think the other um the other way of using this list is is kind of the rafa way um of doing it which has always been um kind of a very very unusual one um but he's done very very well with it this is almost a a rafa's rafa's seleucid version which um i've had the misfortune of playing a couple of times here um i think it it might actually been a first time in pamplona and Rafa gets a very, very big, um, but still quite punchy army that, uh, with the waterway, can spread all the way across the field. So, but it's got a lot of mid-quality troops. I think it's one of the later options. So, his um, his list is built around two big um, commands. So, one of them, two Galatians, the elite troops, um, a mediocre elephant on the basis that an elephant is still pretty good. Um, if it's mediocre, it's mediocre. A pikeman, um, a medium spear thoracotai, and a bowman. We've, we've talked a lot about how a bowman can support that. So the Galatians, the elephant, the pikeman, you've got four, the medium spear, five, five and a bit there in, in terms of width. The next one is mediocre elephant, couple of argiaspids, another medium spear, Two inferior bow arm camels who who kind of lurk around at the back, but but next to pikemen and argiaspids and elephants and spear and and bowmen even, they're a real problem for for any cavalry because anybody trying to take them on is taking them on as camels, which is giving you a negative factor if you're fighting. They can be screened by by some of the other stuff, um, and they're always supported by something pretty decent as well. And then, again, a bit of a mobile reserve of a couple of cataphracts and, and a couple of cavalry. And it seems to just sort of fill the table and give you all sorts of different problems um, in, in different commands. And you're up to whatever that is, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 30, 40, 15, 16, 17, 18, 20, 25, 26, which is an awful lot when you're looking at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fighting troops um i think he'd refined it or, or tweaked it a little bit by the by the worlds um not much just uh just i think it's almost exactly the same list really possibly and 
and it just is a sort of swamp you with everything's actually pretty decent even the mediocre bits um are are not too bad and i think that thing richard of you if you always get a good match up with something um particularly if you if you drop down a um drop down a waterway and narrow the table or, or narrow the table with a bit of terrain um, this means war Dave, looking at that list, it's I, the Julian Lopez manner of warfare. The 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 only thing I would say about it is that with six mediocre battle troops, yes. what you just have to screw your courage to the sticking place and get stuck in with it. Oh, you just go hammer and tongs at it, yeah, um, and and hope that your quality beats his breadth in time i mean it's in fit it's you know will go down against the cataphracts yes you know and and they always in theory they're great but then when when you find they have no armor and and they only go down they never go up the thing i thought about was putting in the light camels with bow with the cataphracts so i can do this trick of splitting up and getting around and just attaching to my opponent to make him drop another level, yeah. you know, an overlap. But I mean, yeah. that, that list that Raf has got there is very like what Julian Lopez does. One second. The horde of crap and he mixes it all together. And it I mean, the other thing about it is, up, you, know. you know, my experience is, because I, I totally get it. And, and, and for some armies, it's definitely the way to go. The disadvantage is if you, I saw he had one brilliant commander, I didn't see what the others were, but you often need the command points, you know, because you're more likely to have to rally and you're more likely to have somebody who gets into a poor position. It's ponderous. Rafa, you know, I think, like I say, it's very like Julian Lopez's Arab Indian army where, you know, or Julian Lopez's, Akaimenid army where he just fills the table and it's a revolving door if you you know he's got a he's got medium spearman next to heavy spearman next to a javelin man and it's you know they'll all swap around to get their right mix up and it it never really comes to anything because it's as you say it's too big and it's ponderous and it lacks the command points and I think it's you know and I've seen Rafa throw his toys literally throw his toys across the room in frustration with that army you know because it doesn't when it goes wrong, it goes wrong. Well, the, the trouble with it, the trouble with all of that, those style of armies, you know, I, I, I've had it with one of my smaller sort of tough armies where I look at it and I think I'm going to be swamped yeah. and I just press forward. Yes. And I don't take many hits and you just, you just cut your way through. Yeah.